Hi, I'm Colleen Brennan. And I'm Janice Rodriguez. And this is Defending Indiana. Stranger things are definitely happening in Indiana. Today, we're discussing some of our favorite, very strange, weird, unusual, and interesting stories that have come out of the state. And we're joined today by our special guest, co-producer, Michael Miltenberger. Hey, Janice. Hey, Colleen. So I'm excited about today because we're talking about strange things. Strange things. Strange, kind of strange things. things. Lots of strange things. So, okay. so this episode is really inspired by Stranger Things, the TV show on Netflix, right? Got it. Because Which I haven't seen the last, I think, three seasons. <laughs> I was all in season one, but don't tell me. No spoiler alerts. Season two is really good. I think I saw season three. Is there a season four now? I think there probably is. I think there's like five and six. Seriously. The, the kids are like postgraduate degree now. I think there might be four. Four. Four, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but they have their own families very, now. Yeah. They're middle-aged. Yeah. They're actually our age because. Exactly. That's, Everything was just a flashback. Yeah. Exactly. Um no, but but what I love about Stranger Things is number one, it was filmed in like or you know the fictional set in the fictional city of Hawkins, Indiana, Hawkins, okay. Indiana. I think I don't Hawkins. know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it just it's so great because so many. I feel like the weirdest things happen in the smallest towns. Yeah, that makes sense. There's so much going on, you know. I mean, maybe there's more time to pay attention to the weird things. True. Like, there are too many other things going going on in the big cities that we're it's just too much. We're distracted by violence. <laughs> so right, and like some problems. That's horrible, yeah. but true. Yeah, yeah, horrible but true. So maybe maybe there's more time to pay attention to the small strange things. Yeah, in a in a smaller town. I don't know. Literally, I have no sociological information to back this up. I have not studied it or researched it. I'm literally just spewing. There we go. Yeah, we Tell have no me. facts on this. I don't know. I feel like where you're from is a small town, but it was different. Yeah, relative. I mean, I think when I was, you know, 30 to 35,000, I'm thinking like small town, like 10,000 or less. Okay. Like a I think when you're in lights. Indiana, you have to yeah. start thinking there are so many small towns that there's That's categories true. of small town, right? Yeah. I remember we were looking something up recently for the show and then like, wouldn't show up. It kept showing a different thing. I was like, oh, it's like unincorporated. You know, if it's unincorporated something, yeah, that's like the boonies, I call it. So like, I don't even know where they, like nobody wants them, right? Like it's like, we're just, <laughs> it's so sad. This whole town, nobody wants us. So we're just going to be unincorporated. They're, they, they're gunning for corporation. But, right, exactly. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of unincorporated, but maybe they want it that way. Maybe they have yeah. the opportunity to be incorporated and they decided nah, nah i think they're us. like what does incorporated mean it doesn't sound right let's just do right. our own thing over here is that rude sorry small time again right none of this is none of this is true back, yeah we have no idea. it's just our musings we're musing right now we're what musing. we do have today though are some factual weird stories meaning like these are things that have happened or things that people have talked about for for years um documented uh strange things happening in indiana and we're going to be joined today by our fellow co-producer 
sound editor, and theme music composer, Mr. Michael Miltenberger. Hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yay! Woo! Um, because we want you to give us some of your, you were sort of an inspiration for this episode. Like you and I had talked about all the strange, weird things that we've seen coming up through Indiana. And we decided that this might make a really fun episode. Yeah. You know, I've watched enough ancient aliens and finding Bigfoot to know that there's probably some stuff going on in Indiana as well. Mm -hmm. Um, figured let's, let's look into it. Let's Let's crack these cases, you know? Absolutely. Wait, there's um, Bigfoot in Indiana? I mean, okay, there's well, Bigfoot it's everywhere. Like everywhere <laughs> New York City in Manhattan, just walking yeah, down Wall yeah. Street. Okay. Well, Michael, wait a minute. You did that. Would that's actually really interesting because I think didn't you find some stuff on Bigfoot? Do you want to like just in case anybody was concerned that Bigfoot was avoiding Indiana? Is there any? Is there any proof that Bigfoot's been here? I, I proof is. Um, I don't know if I'd call it proof, but I mean, definitely there's, there's a lot of people out in Indiana who are uh, very much uh, determined to find Bigfoot. Um, apparently there's an organization called the Indiana Bigfoot Research Organization. Um, Sounds which so apparently, yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, it has a Facebook group of over 3000 members. Um, yeah. It's the people are legitimately, uh, especially in like Southern Indiana where it's a lot more wooded. You look at like Brown County uh, near like Nashville. Um, yeah. Pe- there's a lot of people out there who, who really believe that there's like some sort of Bigfoot out there that they've like seen the mythical <laughs> creature himself. All right. Well, we don't have any like- actual stories about Bigfoot sightings. Do we? I don't know that there's, there's none that I have on deck. Uh, specifically, I just know that there is a, a a large community of Bigfoot like researchers. If you could, if you could call, <laughs> yeah, enthusiasts, researchers, scientific experts in the paranormal. I guess I don't know. I, 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 I am like, using experts loosely. I'm using yeah. a lot of air quotes right now. <laughs> I, I definitely think that it's it's there's you'll find a lot more stories in like Oregon or or sure. up in Minnesota because um, I think the forests are probably a little more dense out there. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot, but I know that there are research groups for sure. So we haven't been excluded in the Bigfoot, um, story department. I no. guess that's what you're no, saying. I, I always, the first time I watched, I watched that show finding Bigfoot with you once and it was absolutely hilarious, but at no point in that show, is anyone actually finding Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a misleading name. Uh, yeah. I feel like it should be renamed for guys walking through the forest and yelling for 45 minutes straight. Cause that's all it really is. Yeah. Um, and they give them like season after season. Oh, they had like eight, they had like eight or nine seasons. Of and this. that's one of like 10 shows. I'm like yeah. 10 different networks. Like people watch this stuff. They wouldn't make it if they didn't watch it. So yeah, I watch this stuff. So clearly <laughs> I saw it too. I, <laughs> it's, it's enticing I'm, television, you know? I don't. I just want them at some point to find Bigfoot. This finding Bigfoot that the name of that show is so misleading. Eight episode or eight what seasons, right? Michael? Seasons at least. See, like like ten ten episode seasons or whatnot. They yeah. the only conclusive uh, finding is that they're not finding. Bigfoot. They're not finding them. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it depends on what you consider finding Bigfoot. Like, I feel like there's always, like, one episode a season where they find, like, they're looking through, like, a thermal camera and they see, like, the outline of a person and they're like, I think we just found Bigfoot. And it's like, no, that's just some guy on a walk. Yeah. In the forest. It's, it's that's John it. that's, that's it. with us. He walked over there. That's to go John. John that's, yeah. that's our that's our camera guy. Oh, God. Who's, yeah. <laughs> oh, so. dang. Right. He went to get a snack. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, Evidence is in the eye of the beholder, I guess. I, I don't I, know. I guess so. Well, let's let's start diving into um, some of our researched strange stories. Uh, Michael, you've just had a chance to sort of update us on Bigfoot. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to Janice, and I think Janice, you don't you have like some recent strange stories? Yeah, happening? I mean, I don't know if these are like on the level of Bigfoot, but this made national news a couple weeks ago. Um, on I-69, there was a huge truck fire and it was like, I just remember seeing it on the news and all of a sudden there was like camels and zebras like on the outside, like on the on I-69, like there was all this camera. I'm like, what is going on? But apparently, um, yeah, that was a weekend circus, uh, like a performance. This was the truck hauling the zebras and camels and apparently a miniature horse as well. And so <laughs> there was a horrible fire, but luckily everybody got there and like released the animals. So the zebras were just eating the grass and the median. And, you know, it just sounded very Indiana to me. That's all. <laughs> was just... So how, so, so a fire started and then they let the animals out and then. Yeah. Had... There was some sort of car crash or truck crash. And like the truck went up in flames I'm like, we could have been like a horrible disaster, but everyone yeah. came in and like released them. And the zebras are like, we're free. And then there was some, some camels and then a miniature horse. And then everyone said it was a surreal scene of zebras munching on grass. And it was in Marion, which is 60 miles northeast of Indianapolis. So there you go. Wow. You could look it up. The videos are, you know, they're sweet, but I mean, it's horrible. You know, they could have all like died tragically. And luckily the truck driver seems like he's okay. But um, it looks like the fire destroyed the truck second trunk was sent from Fort Wayne to pick up the animals because they were on their way to Fort Wayne from Sarasota. Of course, it was from Florida. Yeah. I mean- <laughs> the U.S. and two best states coming together. I was wondering when we were going to bring Florida into this. I know. It always has to come in somehow. Anyway, I don't know if that's weird. I mean, it's just kind of like, wait, what? Like, if you, imagine if you were driving by and you just saw a zebra. I think that'd be kind of crazy. So That would be weird. Did they catch all of them? Yeah, they caught them all. I don't think they like ran free. They kind of, I don't know. They kind of stuck around. It was, uh, let's see, five zebras, four camels and a miniature horse. Wow. Sorry. This is, this is the hottest thing that happened in Grant County in, Do you think in, it- in the past two weeks. So it was no pun intended with the fire thing, but um, <laughs> apparently, yeah. And it made, it was so exciting. It made national news. So there you go. Indiana on the, on the global forefront of news. Wild animals in Indiana. Wow. Is it weird? I don't know. It seems like it could happen any day in Indiana. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird that they didn't go off. I'm a, I'm a little more disturbed that they didn't completely escape. Like, why? Right? What about Indiana did they not want to go explore? When they were free, they were like, it's our chance to run. They were like, nah, we're good. I definitely feel like if I was corralling those animals, I'd be scared of, like, getting kicked by, like, a like a zebra or something like that. Like, that, that seems like dangerous territory. Right. I don't know a lot about zebras, but they don't. You don't want to get. Yeah, I'm not trying to like rope. What am I doing? 
terrifying. Get, get back in the car. Like, how does I this mean, work? Yeah. Like, like what's mine. the, it's like, you don't walk behind a horse or the, I mean, zebra's a horse, right? Like, I don't, I have I no idea. Fish. I'm not, I think it's in the same, now just in the same genus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or I'm just making this up totally. This is what we do, Michael. You know us. You edit these episodes. Hold on. Now we're going to look it up. I do feel like they share some DNA. And if they don't, right. then it's That's the first thing on Google. Um, is a, a oh. zebra like a horse? It has to be. Zebras are no more horses than donkeys are. So it is what? all belong to the equine species, but they have distinct characteristics of their own. Okay. 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 Well, Cool. Well, you learned Hence the stripes. <laughs> Hence the stripes. I mean, you know. It's an educational podcast. There we it go. It is. Comedic and educational. All right. Well, fascinating, I guess. Zebras. All right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out. So this isn't a recent story. This is something that I have a personal connection to. Um, for strangeness. Um when years ago, when and I mean many years ago, when I spent my one semester of college as a newsroom intern uh, in South Bend writing news. There were like a series of stories that fall that came in about crop circles, right? Do you guys know what crop circles are? Yeah. yeah. For anybody yeah. who doesn't know, <laughs> crop circles are literally designs and crops that appear out of nowhere, I guess. Um, and they were like really interesting to a lot of people because of stuff that was happening in England back in like the 1980s. Anyway, um, so one of the stories that I had to write for the news back then was about a crop circle that had appeared close to South Bend and people were, you know, discovering it and finding it and calling in about it. And we reported on the crop circle. And then later we reported that the, the crop circle was made by a young boy, <laughs> who decided to just walk in circles to make his own crop circle because it was fun. So I'm wondering how many crop circles in Indiana, because there've been many, I'm looking here at the um, independent crop circle research association that exists. Um, and they have a list of at least 25 separate crop circle incidents, which interesting is not unlike Bigfoot. Um, they're pretty much hoaxes. So there yeah, you go. I was going to say. On in Indiana, making crop circles. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest. It's a cool thing to do. But why do you get on TV and say, I don't know, we just woke up in the morning when you know you were up all night making it with your John Deere. I don't understand. Right. I why don't... get the media involved? What's the whole. Attention. Lots yeah, of attention. You need attention. Maybe. I don't know. Now yeah. we're going. Now we're getting all deep in psychology. We need to bring a psychologist on. Why do people make crop circles? I don't know. It's it's bizarre. They're never real. I don't know. The ones like the Nazca lines and all that, but that's Peru. I don't know. Apparently there's few thing. that may be alien related, but I don't no. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go in Indiana that no. I'm gonna no. say no on that. I'm looking at a list of Let's crop see. circle reportings uh from nineteen sixty-four in Dale, Spencer County, Indiana, all the way to September 13th, 2008 in Bedford in Lawrence County, Indiana. Yeah. So people just can't get enough of these things. 
I also feel like you have to be hoaxes because in in my mind, if an alien, is, if I'm an alien, I'm I'm visiting somewhere. The last thing I'm thinking is, yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's go look some corn. Let's go make some circles in a cornfield. You can <laughs> in the middle go, of nowhere. You go look at New York. You go look at Chicago. You go look at any other place in Indiana. But you're like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go sit in the middle of this cornfield, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a circle. I'm gonna burn. I'm gonna burn a design that's really gonna mess up with. These oh yeah, people. yeah. These people are gonna be messed up mentally when we leave here. It's gonna be amazing. Exactly. What if it's real though? I always think that. What if it's real? Are you worried that somebody's gonna come and make a crop circle in your backyard tonight? Yeah, exactly. Like, I got cameras now. That's a thing. I got cameras. I don't know. That'd be cool. I don't know. I just always feel like I was, you know, like, again, we were talking about a little bit off camera. Like, all this stuff is coming out now, like, in the government. They're like, oh, yeah, we've had a few uh, UFO, you know, things they couldn't identify. So now it's like, I wonder if all these people in the middle of Kansas is like, see, I told you so. You know, like, all these people we've called quacks for years. I was like, is there a chance that they were right-ish? I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, 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 The jury's out, I guess. All right, what Michael, what's your, what's your, is that a good well, lead in for your? Yeah, I, what I was going to say was um, Indiana's actually got one of the more famous mass UFO sightings uh, actually in our really? country's history. Yeah. So if you guys are aware of the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, directed by the famous Steven Spielberg. Yes. Uh, in 1973, there was actually a very famous uh, mass UFO sighting in Muncie, Indiana. Um, so. Uh, I believe it was in October 1973. Uh, there were reported to be like these these red, white, and blue lights uh, that were circling around the town, um, and and basically the the city was getting you know call after call after call you know 50, 60, 70 calls from different people uh, in the city, basically s- reporting the same thing. Um, so it was just like this array of very U.S colored lights i guess but even uh, a nearby airfield in fort wayne actually picked up the the strange like blip on their radar um and like they couldn't account for it like whatsoever so that's like one of those like kind of weird things where it's like could be real that seems that seems kind of plausible it does it's so funny because one of the episodes that Janice and I have been planning, you know, this is our fourth season and every season we've been saying we want to do an episode on like UFO sightings in Indiana. And I worked so hard to try to find an expert or somebody from Indiana who had spotted something similar. And yeah. I've heard, I actually heard somebody who I worked with years ago told me a story about he and his wife and a, their car like some bright light passed over them and they were on a highway in, in northeastern indiana and their their car stalled and all the cars in front of them and behind them on the highway stalled and then a few minutes later they all started up again like totally bizarre right and i don't know whether to believe any of this or not but it would be fun to hear somebody give more specific detail about some of this stuff so i don't know if anybody's yeah. listening out there and has a ufo story we are here for it yeah apparently they're all over the place apparently allegedly i I mean okay so this is where i get a little weird i could should there be something out there yeah it's a big whole universe we don't know we don't know could it just be like china sending over like weather balloons i'm using air you know quotes again could it like what's more likely i'm thinking more likely it's another government than like some alien life form but if it's an alien life form okay cool we're not the only ones out there we can't be 
Or yeah. maybe it's another dimension. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. Come yeah. on. Are we still talking about black holes now? Because I can't. Yeah. I don't know I think anything. So. I just make stuff up for sure. I, think I just watch. What talking about. I don't know what you yeah. just said, PBS. I just gave you an hour of my life and none of it like went into my brain <laughs> and made any sense. But I believe you. Yeah. It's fascinating. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to save this conversation for a whole other episode. I, I'm looking for I'm looking for a UFO specialist out there, people. Please help us. All right, Janice, what's your what's your next up? So again, I'm just using really recent stuff. I don't again, this isn't maybe weird, but I just thought it was like really like, wow, this was in Indiana. And again, another thing that blew up national news um over the last couple of weeks. You guys heard um we had that horrible snowstorm and everything here. And um, a young man was pulled from his car here in Portage, Indiana, after being trapped for six days. And it's just like his name is 27 years old, Matthew. I'm going to say room. I'm sorry, I'm saying his name wrong. He's from Mishawaka outside of South Bend. So I don't know if he was kind of driving. I know exactly the area was on 94, um, if it was for work or whatever, but six days. And he's like drinking rainwater and he's like, his car goes off and it's trapped. It's over there by salt Creek. And like, he's trapped under this bridge. And just by chance, like the weather kind of clears up and two guys decide to go fishing. They see this truck and he's there and he's alive and no food. I mean, his, um, unfortunately they did have to amputate his leg. Cause like his leg was trapped, um, there, but they're saying it's nothing short of a miracle. He's been all over the, the news and everything. And he turns out to be like a really, cool guy with like a very cool outlook on life and i've been like following him now and i was like oh that guy's gonna he's gonna be okay you know like he's like i'm just so grateful and um i don't know it's just just Wait. a really cool it's it's happened right after christmas yeah yeah so it was kind of like a little christmas miracle stories so i think that's why it went like national and global i've seen it in like international newspapers right but yeah um it just keeps kind of popping up because he did have to get the amputation and i know that he was raising money and then he's been like on the news on, you know, today's show and things like that. And so mm-hmm. good for him. Um, I mean, sorry that it happened, but glad he's alive. And I feel like you're going to see more from him as like a public speaker or something. I don't know. He just has a good like vibe to him. What's so strange about that story, which the first time, cause I, I saw all that too. And I was like, Whoa. Um, is it, he was under 94. Yeah. That, this is like an insanely heavily, traveled stretch of Mm -hmm. interstate highway that i mean i drive over it like probably at least once a a week right and i you know how it is how it's lost how do you get how did nobody see it and then how do you get stuck literally how frustrating would it be that you're literally under one of the biggest right interstates in the country and nobody notices you for six days that's crazy. Really. I, it, it's mind blowing to me. And that some, and then the people who did finally find him were guys looking to fish mm-hmm. right underneath there. Yeah. And then they saw the truck and they're like, oh, it doesn't look right. But it kind of looked like covered. Like just, it was just, again, like a series of like coincidences. Like it's this, the, it went under a tree, but he was stuck. So he couldn't get out because like the dashboard kind of stuck his leg. But like same thing that if those guys didn't go out and walk that way, you know, because they were saying they were going to go somewhere else that day. Because I mean, it really was like on his last; he didn't have much more time left. So it just, you know, strange coincidences of things coming together. It's wild. And they wild. went up to the car, and, and then he's like, he like opened his eyes. Could you imagine that? Yeah. You're like, oh no, thinking you saw like, and he's like, I'm alive. <laughs> 
And that's what the guys, they interviewed the fisherman. He's like, and then he was alive. Like, I was like, oh my God, it's just the whole thing. If you want, check it out YouTube. There's tons of stories and tons of interviews with him and the fisherman. I just, I don't know. It's a feel good. It's, it's sad what happened, but it's kind of a feel good story about like, sometimes you don't know who's pulling the strings. Cause it was just, right. a, again, very similar. A bunch of different things had to happen for this guy to get saved is basically what I'm saying. So strange and so remarkable. Like that's the, okay. So that's one of the good stories, right? Actually, Denise, you brought two good stories. Like the good? animals were saved. Oh, I know. Right. I wanna, I'm trying to be happy in 2024. You're, you're achieving, Denise. You're an achiever. Usually We've been I'm talking the- about this for three seasons. How you're right. the, the dark. You're getting better. You don't just bring us dark, horrible stories about the end of the world. Oh, geez. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez. I'm improving. Thank you. That's this is this is big. This is a big moment. I just I feel like we need a moment of <laughs> you don't need a moment of silence in a podcast, but it, no. <clears throat> but but this is big. So congratulations, Janice. Thank you. Changing lives here. I love it. I love it. Um yeah, I so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back down to, to something that's strange. I, I'm confused by this story, but this was actually a big story um, throughout sort of the 2000s. There's, there's this phenomenon that was called the Kokomo hum. Have you guys heard of this at all? Never. Like a, like a, like a, like a humming, like a noise. Like there was a low frequency humming sound that residents, some residents, not all of the residents of Kokomo, Indiana, but um, they said that like, you know, there was one woman in the wash. I mean, it was in the Washington post. It was, in, it was in New York, it was national news. Right. And it was this, um, it was this low hum um, that was barely noticeable, but within months, the endless throbbing was like, um, it, it just, it bothered people so intensely that um, one woman said that the walls of her home vibrated, her bed shook. Um, she had bouts of nausea, short-term memory loss, hand tremors. So there were all these residents from Kokomo who were experiencing what they assumed were side effects due to this low-frequency hum that was pervasive and persistent for years. I mean, people were, you know, one woman was selling her home to move, to get away from it. It was just crazy. And so one woman uh, quit her job and got driven, just got out of the city. It's, it was, it was that significant. Okay. And so for, for many years it was reported, nobody could really find out what was going on. And then apparently there's a there's a news story that it was that it was solved like around 2022 um or actually i think a little a little bit earlier than that but they said that um they think they identified the hum as coming from uh, a daimler chrysler casting plant that was in somehow it was some sort of indus- and they hired specialists to come in and investigate Kokomo for this sound because it was becoming so terrible for so many years. Um, and they think it might've just come from a, a bunch of different factors that were coming from corporations and manufacturing in the city that created this pervasive hum. So that's wow. my, that's crazy. You guys, 
have the most puzzled faces right now. Well, because because yeah, because the the first thing that I thought of was that you know the the what was it the Havana effect? Yeah, that's totally that, what I thought of. That like thing, was it terrorism uh, or something? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't I don't remember the the super specifics, but it was like some about like people in like what I believe it was like a U.S. embassy. Yeah, in Havana and, and, were experiencing and, yeah, like. Yeah. I, it was like psychological and physical symptoms based on like certain like high f- like frequencies Frequency. that they were mm-hmm. uh, like hearing. So that's what I thought of first and foremost. But it, I mean, well, this was and this was before that. So this happened. This started this low humming. And there were theories that, you know, I mean, because like, I mean, for heaven's sake, they said they, you know, there were people worried that it was like some sort of government thing in, in the sense that the the federal government was trying to suppress the impact that this was having on the community because they were supporting corporate interests over citizens. I mean, so it, you know, all the the whole thing, all the things, Janice, as you would say, in Kokomo, of all the places. Okay. Anyway, it's, it's, I think if you're going to really do some kind of international conspiracy and use low frequency to you're going to do it in Kokomo, Indiana. I mean, Kokomo. Okay. Yeah. So probably bringing in the big bucks, man. Exactly. That's my special story. You guys, um, there are still, there is a list of so many weird stories that we're not even going to be able to get to because we're going to have to wrap this up very quickly. Is there anything you want to like briefly mention? Um, Michael, you had, you had a, you had a really like throw this out there and then maybe we can revisit this in the, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So one, one of the, one of the, I guess, more famous or more interesting stories that comes out of Indiana in terms of like that sort of like Bigfoot-esque like creature sort of realm, um, is a old, um, Wampanoag, uh, legend called, uh, Puckwudgies. (laughs) Which are essentially like uh, little trolls. They're like little, like goblin little dudes. Um, and apparently they have some s- form of, uh, they're like two to three feet tall. Apparently they lurk in the forest. Um, and apparently they've, they've you know, been around for quite some time. Uh, they came, f- you know, from, I think specifically the Lenape in Delaware. But um, their range is like anywhere on the East Coast. Um, but apparently there have been people in Indiana who have claimed to have seen what, what they call a uh, little man. Uh, one guy said that the guy had like dull blonde hair that covered his head like a helmet. Um, somebody else said, uh, that, uh, in Anderson, Indiana, uh, she remembers being alone and was grouped by, uh, or approached by a group of little people who seemed curious what she was doing, looking like they had like big ears and high pitched voices and, um, it's cool, but all I can really think of, uh, when I hear about these stories is that they're just like weird kids. Like I hear about the blonde hair and I think it's just some random Indiana kid with a terrible haircut. Like make that's it a, all I can make really it a crop think circle. of. Just yeah, make, make it, it a crop, it a crop these circle. Are the, these are the same kids that are involved with making crop circles. Or yeah, just... this lady in Anderson's like, why is she in the, was she in the woods? Like, she a bad, was, like mushroom trip like what's going on here in anderson she How was on she, the, they're appearing to her what does she say okay she was she was approached she was on the patio of her nursing home 
Oh, there we go. Thank oh, you. You're leaving oh, a lot of details out here. My oh, now I. So, come on. so no. The, uh, listen, the other, the other ones, the other ones were like a. <laughs> Poor Gertrude. I, I know. I seen the little kids again. The little people. That well, that's that's what makes me think it's like maybe it's maybe it's just some weird it's looking regular kid. kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, but. Uh, the other, the, uh, it is it is enshrined in indigenous legend, you know, and it has been for hundreds of years before white settlers, you know, started inhabiting Indiana. Sure, yeah. So it and is something that does have a lot of like rich history too. The validity, I'm not quite sure, um, but it is, I think, one of the funkier stories that I've was able to find. It is super funky, and there's there's a long history of this. I mean, from like the 1800s to now of people uh spotting or or telling stories about experiences with the uh puckwudgies and they they lurk or haunt the mounds state park in indiana that is that so sense. i don't know if the nursing home butts up to the mounds state park in indiana but um that might that might that might support her story or or poor, poor Dolores. I've changed her name three times. I, I it was Gertrude. Yeah. It was Dolores. Uh, it, I believe it was. Um, I feel like it's Martha. Mildred. It was Eloise. Oh, oh even better. Yes. Oh, Classic. I'm name. so sad that I didn't guess that. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. No, that's great. That reminds us. We still have to do an episode about Native Americans in Indiana. I know. Henceforth, the name of the state. So, I know. Okay, we're, this is the episode where we're like reigniting all of our thoughts and feel bad about the things we haven't done yet but we're good we're good we're good so so let's do one more shout out to one of the weirdest things that we've already covered which is the um the toothbrick janice do you want to do you want to just make sure that everybody understands what this thing is (laughs) and it's so (laughs) funny because i've been out obviously since then uh to was it in mishawaka or elkhart it was in elkhart yeah and um i'm just like i can't even believe but the thing is it's not there anymore no they had to yeah. move it they had to move so it. many people were chipping exactly so people wanted. It, was, it was knocked over by youthful vandals apparently this is i'm taking this verbatim from this thing but it was located on the corner of west lexington avenue and south riverside drive it became a really big um it wasn't supposed to be a tourist attraction it was for like a dentist he made it. Remember, we talked about that on the episode oh. with um with Erica. Yeah, uh, check that out. And we talked God, about it at the end of season. Right, because it was what? just so strange. Yeah. So yeah, he just did it as kind of like this. What am I gonna do with all these teeth that I've extracted from people and things like that? And he put it in a mound of cement and it took off. And then, you know, with the spread of like social media, then I guess it got pop more popular outside. But so then somebody knocked it over, I think in like 2015 or so, maybe earlier. But it says the Elkhart toothbrick is permanently closed. So I thought I thought they moved it to like there was like an Elkhart museum and it's like in the gardens it? of like it's protected in now. Gardens. Oh god. And they yeah, it's the 40s. It. It's the 40s and 50s. It's, it was Dr. Joseph Stamp. He was a dentist. And he started putting all these teeth in there. Ew. Um Janice, we gotta go see it. We, we do we, have to go actually. We have we do, to go see it. Go. <laughs> That is so. Like, I hate teeth so bad. I hate them that's so, bad. so weird. And people like I'm just fascinated by the idea that people were like, "Ooh, let's go get a chisel and break off part of that tooth brick and bring it home." Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Like, who we- wants that? Right. Why? Why? It's crazy. 
So he pulled thousands of teeth over the course of that time. He was a dentist for 60 years. Did and he, he preserved them in chemicals in, for his in a barrel brain. in his basement. Yeah. And um, Was that the only thing they found in his basement? This is what <laughs> I'm saying. I thought it was a little... You know, you've heard the stories of people who die and they go into the basement finally. They're like, whoa! Like of like funeral directors and stuff. So that's mm-hmm. where my mind went, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> but sometimes there's just pieces of teeth rather than the whole one. Mm. Yeah. Incisors, know, canines. Mo- yeah. See, I'm going to, I hate teeth so bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is still, I don't know why I'm fascinated with this super creepy, weird, um, fascinating story of a toothbrick. But anyway, I think that's Wait, a- I totally forgot about this. Maybe we brought oh. this up. I'm sorry. The original thing, the reason why he started this was because he wanted to create a memorial to his dog, Ew. to his uh. German shepherd prince. Uh, Okay. So it started when he took the dog's teeth, apparently. That makes it creepier now. Yeah, none, of this, none of this is helping. Yeah, yeah no. I thought I thought it was like a, no. that was gonna be a better story. No, it's we a were good expecting story. this to be heartwarming, yeah. No, it got grosser. Oh my god. But oh, I man. love that you were looking for the silver lining. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's cool. And then people, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. It gets kind of what can I tell you, dude? I support your quest to be more optimistic. I was trying so hard, but in case, yeah, you want to go, it's, you can, you can see it and look at the teeth that are inside a concrete block. All right. Well, there you have it. Defending Indiana Indiana listeners. We have just broken down some of our favorite strange stories. We really haven't even scratched the surface. So um, we've got to, we've got to do a whole separate haunted Indiana because there's some good ghost stories coming out of indiana people um and uh definitely ufo stuff where we can dig in a little bit more i think we might have covered toothbrick as much as we can i don't know has taylor swift to death we're done we need to retire toothbrick don't ever bring it up again join us next week for defending indiana live at the elf heart wow i can't speak the elkhart (laughs) toothbrick it's just a live show. I'm gonna set you guys up between the with like no the, permission. The... Let's just go up there. Oh yeah, like, or just like or just like right outside. Let's do it. Like who are it's these people? I'm in. Oh, I'm in. So I take it back. We listeners. may be doing one more thing about the brick, about the toothbrick, but after after that, we're retiring. <laughs> just one more. We're reserving the right for one more. Right. Right. All right. Well, guys, this has been super fun. Truly. I want to do this again. We're going to do it again. I'm here for it. All right. So everybody um, go check out more of these stories. Feel free to correct us. And Hey, what would be really cool is if you uh, gave us some suggestions, Um, you can always check out our website, uh, defendingindiana.com. You can check out us on all the socials, follow, subscribe, share with your friends. And like, we love listener ideas. So please send some, Send some of your ideas for crazy, weird stories that we might enjoy highlighting on one of our future episodes. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, today. Defending Indiana, featuring Colleen Brennan and Janice Rodriguez, is produced by Colleen Brennan and Janice Rodriguez. Theme music and sound editing by Michael Miltenberger. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, You can subscribe to Defending Indiana wherever you find your favorite podcasts.